Welcome back to another episode of Ready Comics Roll, and if you enjoy what you're listening to, make sure you like, share, and subscribe. With the strength of Hercules, I'm John. Fuck Batman. I'm Anthony. Young Justice Hype! I'm Mike! And with us today is a very special guest. I am Grayson Todd, but I'm also Kate. Well, thank you very much, Kate, for coming on in. Today we kind of want to discuss uh, kind of the what the expectations, uh, opinions, and everything like that that came out with San Diego Comic-Con. And not cry about the fact that we are not there yet again. Feelings! Well, yeah, exactly. I, I look at it this way. With a whole bunch of broke people that we are. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't going to San Diego anytime soon. I got family out there. I could have gone out there and stayed somewhere for free, but couldn't fly for free. So yeah, exactly. must, must be nice. Uh-huh. Either way. I think the point still stands the same. We're all broke. We couldn't make it. So what did we do? We did what everyone else did and basically went on YouTube and looked up some trailers for what happened at San Diego. (laughs) Am I wrong? I mean, Kate, did you make it out there? I have to know. Did you? (laughs) No, sadly. I sat and glared angrily and jealously at the people who were there instead. (laughs) But yeah, it's one of those things like San Diego Comic-Con has come and gone. Um... The only things that I caught of it were the fact that other people were posting stuff from YouTube, thank God, or, or from SDC, thank God for Kevin Smith, because otherwise I would have never known that it actually ever happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one of the writers for our site was there, so she was keeping us informed um, and letting me know when to go check things. It must be nice to have writers. It is! <laughs> That's a dig at Anthony, because he is our writer. Oh, <laughs> okay, whatever. Gotcha. Yeah, I'm also our editor, and yeah, I, I wear many hey, hats. Okay? Hey, hey, I feel that. I, I run our website. I'm an editor. I write. I edit our episodes. I post right. the episodes. You have a lot of hats. <laughs> I wrote like half a script, and then just decided to say get and start recording something. So. Yeah. So uh, nobody's giving me shit here. <laughs> I mean, Mike. Honestly, I think some of your writing is comparable to you know the Titans trailer that came out. Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, let's start off this whole shit fest with Titans because honestly, I don't care what they've done from the first pictures up to now. Uh, it, obviously, the the trailer come together. Some of the graphics don't look that bad. Um, Robin's suit, whatever. You look at some of the graphics on it, honestly. It, I don't think it, it's... Up- I, I don't know. It looked like a made-for-TV movie for to me. Like, like, nothing looked fantastic. No, Raven not, looked I, I okay. No, she, All of the money... Was, no, oh. like, Robin looked good, but that's because he had his own hair and didn't have a wig. Because they right. blew all that wig budget money on his suit. Um, they blew up pretty much all the money on his suit. He's the only thing that looked good out of that entire trailer. Yeah, it, it, it wasn't, really was. It wasn't in humans, and they spent all the money on his hair. Like they actually didn't <laughs> spend money on his hair. No. But yeah, that's you what mean I'm they did though, spend money on 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 her hair because it didn't look good. <laughs> that's why they shaved it off after. Yeah, exactly. exactly. They were like, oh, we gotta we gotta change this. Uh, but I agree, Robin. I mean, really, it, it doesn't. It's not. I don't want to say that hard to kind of put down a costume for for his quality because it's it's very it's generic it's armor like let's move on with it, it as long as you have the face to kind of go with it then it's fine. Uh, it, it, Is he Dick Grayson? That's all I have to ask. I believe so. Yes, because it's Flying Graysons. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That whole trailer just rolled through my head and like out the other side. He's he's Jason Todd. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no! He's don't don't shit on that like, for he, me. Do not he, shit on that for me. He's, he's awful. the only. He's he's he, no. First off, Jason Todd is awesome. No, no, oh, no! no I'm not shitting on Jason Todd. I love oh, Jason okay. Todd. I am shitting on the fact that this is Date Grayson being Jason Todd, which makes oh, it yeah, terrible. But the problem is though, is that this the everything that they've had from still shots to even putting this, they're they're trying to be edgy with with the trailer, and it's still looking like muddled garbage. It's it's really going to be the edgiest and best thing that came out of that trailer was fuck Batman. Well, yeah, not only that, but if you if you look at it, like you mentioned, all right, so the budget was all blown on, on Robin. We've established that. But then if you look at, like, Starfire, if you look at Beast Boy, if you look at Raven, they, they look, look like... awful. They look bad. They do look early, bad. early CW quality. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to say, though. Like and Beast Boy has, like, green-ass hair plugs. It looks yeah. awful. It's like I can understand, all right, let's not CG green skin on them or even bother with body paint because that would probably look even worse knowing the way they what they would do with it. But still, you just like, 
He no. should have been. He should have been. He should have been makeup. He should have just been makeup. To be honest, I think it would have. It would have come off better. It would have come off better. Yes. It they still could have clear. just done black hair with green skin. That's it, and then you wouldn't have that terrible wig because, like, the problem is, is like they didn't even get Raven's hair white at right, and like goth girl early two thousands from Hot Topic is not a hard look to pull off, um, especially with the hair. They, all they would have had to have done is gone back to... They, they should have gone and contacted Sci-Fi and hired Farscape's old makeup artist <laughs> to just paint Beast Boy green. Because they did a perfect job of turning people blue and green throughout yeah. that entire show. I mean, they could have just hired a makeup artist and it probably well, would Exactly. Better. They could have hired a cosplayer. Because my point is, is and I, I really want to post this probably in the comments below or even, you know, in our Discord oh, I've or seen, anything I've like that. I've seen better cosplayers. Yes, the act the actual cosplayers where they have the comparison of what what you know this movie um or series is projected to have for their actors and then people who honestly are are lower budget and they cosplay and they have at least the characters more spot on it like the just the costumes look better the makeup looks better and what are you doing with all this money uh they're turning hawk and dove into serial killers that that's what they're doing. Well, at least they're doing oh, something gosh. useful with those characters. <laughs> and the, the worst part is, most of this trailer looked like it was shot in a really dark and dingy basement. It should. It looked like it looked like the piece that DC should be moving away from, which is their muddled colors with so like terrible lighting that you can't really tell what's going on. And that's what they need to move away from because that is what they have been shit on. The only thing that I can say though is uh, away from that is. Obviously, I, I understand that they're trying to put a darker tone on this and, and not do necessarily just angsty teens who, who are doing this, but, uh, like, the darkness, you have Robin, and with the whole Gotham thing, like, that, to me, even still needs a darker appearance. Gotham is a very messed up place. I mean, look, Batman's never gotten anything right in that city, <laughs> so why why brighten it up? It's not Metropolis. That's well, all I'm trying to put with that. To be fair, if they're if, but if they're doing Titans, it shouldn't be set in Gotham. No, but the the character they're obviously bringing origin to some of these pla- these players. Yeah. They're doing something like for that. Raven is seeking out um, Dick Grayson, and that's where he's kind of located. He's still working as like a, a cop, apparently a detective. Yeah, they should be in Bloodhaven to... by then. Because if, if he's yeah, moving away from Batman, he goes to Bloodhaven. That's what happens. You know, listen, continuity out the window. Just now, it's not fuck Batman, it's fuck Titans at this point, because if they can't get that part right, like they're trying to they're trying to live on this edge where they're going off the storyline where Batman, you know, Dick uh, Dick's Dick's Grace, Grayson's girlfriend and that's why he leaves. But we they're not we don't know that for well, sure. I mean, that, yeah. But you know, we're getting the fuck Batman attitude from Dick Grayson, and that's fine and dandy because it happens in the comic books. Like, it does. But he goes off, he becomes Nightwing, and then we end up with, you know, none of what's going on in this series. But if we wanted to go with him being a little bit younger and doing the Teen Titans, why the hell does he have a day job? <laughs> Everyone needs a day job. He's not. He's a teen! He's supposed to be a teen! But I guess that's where that calling it Teen Titans or just calling it Titans. Titans. Yes. Uh, but to Kate's credit, when she, she brought up a very good point in regards to how dingy and dark it's been, which is the one thing people are telling DC, wake up, stop doing this shit. You guys don't do it well. This is not what people want. Which is why I think that once we got the Shazam trailer, that was like a far cry from what they've been doing in the past. And it's kind of, to me, the breath of fresh air that the DCEU or whatever they want to call it. The DC Universe, I think, is now just what It's the worlds it. of DC. The worlds of DC. Yes, thank you. That's what they, they decided to go with. And, and between Shazam and Aquaman, it, we have something far more vibrant. So, yeah. so much more colorful and just uh, aesthetically pleasing. I was saying, I do want to say, like, when it comes, like, saying that it's a dark, dingy color palette where you can't see anything, like, Gotham doesn't have to be that. Um, the television show Gotham, whether like it or hate it, they actually do a really good job of showing the darkness of Gotham the city. Gotham is garbage. It's not, visually, it is. it's not garbage. It, it is, it is literally, I'm going to stand my ground on that. No, 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 no. I, I get what you're saying. Like, no, visually, the city looks it's all not, right. yeah, oh, okay. like, visually, it is not garbage. And well, you can do Gotham, dark. Like just the TV show. Yeah, okay, like, Gotham, and I'm talking about the TV show, TV show too. You can yes. portray darkness without having stuff be so muddled you can't see anything. Yeah. Like you can do that. People have done that. 
Marvel's done it with uh, the Daredevil series. You can do darkness without losing all effect. Because essentially what they do is they just blend all of their, like, watercolors into... It's like watercolor water. It's just muddy. You can tell there used to be stuff there, but it's not anymore. Yeah, DC's films have had this issue with, like, oh, we're going to shoot in the dark and we're not going to bring lights with us at all. Or sepia We're just going to actually shoot in real darkness. Yep. But I think you're right, uh... One of the things that, like, really blew me away, and I think it's a credit to the directors, is that for Shazam and Aquaman, you have vibrant visual storytelling happening. And that is something I think is because both directors are horror directors, and horror directors know how to use visuals. You're damn right. The only thing that I'm, well, not the only thing that I'll probably say on this, but when I saw the Shazam trailer, I looked at it as going, wow, um, this is going to be something special for DC, and mm-hmm. this is one of those movies where, honestly, I feel like I'm going to go into this and have a good time. And yeah. the when I felt that way for, like, Marvel, it was for Guardians 1. Like, mm-hmm. Guardians 1, you just looked at it, and you saw the trailer, and you went through the movie, and you were just like... Not just, okay, whether whether people have their reserves, whether they liked or hated that movie, personally me, I had high opinions of it, but... People had fun watching that movie or experiencing that movie. I think Shazam is going to be that for DC. I I immediately was just like, oh my god, the guy from Chuck got jacked. <laughs> That's all I can he, think of while well, seeing see, that trailer. I'm, I'm on the opposite end. I'm like, oh my god, the guy from Chuck is in a muscle padded suit. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. That's what I was going to say. I was gonna His wait, shoulder let, muscle that does thought. not connect to <laughs> no, his shoulder. No, it doesn't. No, he still has, like, this tiny head and this bulbous body. <laughs> yep. Very true. It, it looks a little bit hokey, which is another reason why I think I'm going to have fun watching this movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I do like that they're playing more up on the humor. And the fact that, like, it, what's so weird is you have this backlash about, oh, well, this this isn't as serious as it needs to be. Oh, this is too hokey or too, it, it looks too fun. It's like, do you not understand Shazam right. as a character? Well, I mean, he has his dark points, but yes, I mean, it's a kid. Yeah. It's a kid who's try- who's playing the role of an adult superhero, you know what I mean? Like, that's what it comes and, down to. And it's an origin, and ultimately, I would think you're lying if when you got superpowers as a kid, you wouldn't do any of the stuff that Shazam was Exactly. Doing. I love the how it's sticking to a very true nature. I just love how the wizard Shazam's like, say my name, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I like how they still haven't necessarily shown his face, but you know that's Papa Midnight. <laughs> it's freaking awesome. I love Papa Midnight. Like, it, it, it was one of the saving graces for, like, Constantine. Yeah. You know? Which is actually going to be back on, on Netflix soon. What? Constantine. Oh. Uh, I thought yeah, we were getting movie. it on the CW. I thought, oh, he, I the, thought that no, actor... No, the, the movie. Not, not gotcha. that. Sorry. The movie? Yeah. We're getting the movie's coming back. No, 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 no. We're no, getting no, no. the movie back on Netflix. They're, they're getting the rights back. back on Netflix. Yes, thank you. Yeah. Oh. And Constantine is not coming. Like, they're not. They need to renew his show. They're not renewing yes. his show. They just brought him on as a series regular. I was going to say, they brought him on to Legends. Yep. Um, which, I'm sorry, that show to me. They had to add another great. guy with some dry British wit because they're killing off the other guy with dry British wit. Spoilers. Uh, spoilers? <laughs> yeah, spoilers. I haven't seen. I'm not caught up. Good job, Mike. Oh, I'm horrible. There, there, I'm, I'm still sticking with it, though. When it comes down to DC live-action TV shows, uh, Arrow, I'm not a fan of. Uh, Gotham is the worst piece well, of crap that's that's out Fox. there. That's on Fox. We'll talk about that. I don't, I'm just saying all, I dumped it all together uh, and because it's all DC. And then, uh, like, Legends of Tomorrow, I don't think is a good show. Now, is it as bad as Gotham? No. But still. I think like, Legends is the best show that they have on there. They actually interrogate characters and, like, give you character growth over the entire seasons, which Arrow yeah. has been sorely lacking since they lost the rights to do Suicide Squad in Season 3. There you go. So, I, I guess I'll have to agree with that ranking just because I, I think that all of them are bad, but <laughs> uh, if I had to say which one is probably out on top, then yeah, I, I think Legends of Tomorrow is probably better, especially more recent. Maybe early Green Arrow wasn't as bad, but that's basically uh, just the Batman story. Are we just going to forget about Flash and Supergirl? Because they're, they're both... Supergirl is awful. Supergirl is trash. 
Supergirl, okay, Supergirl had a rough start. I think this last just season, just I think this last season, the only reason why it was bad is because it got broken up by four things. Like it got broken up like four times. We kept going on, like going on like mid season hiatus, but we got four mid season hiatuses. Well, I think like ultimately, like the biggest moving movie networks was the worst thing for Supergirl because I actually thought season one because I hate Supergirl as a character to begin with. Um, but I gave the show a chance, and this this show actually made me like this version of Supergirl. Um, but the first season did. The second season I kept checking out, because essentially they just did, a, like, it, it, it's just annoying to me. Um, I don't think they're, I think they're, like, fun shows. I don't think they're terrible. I think, I, I love DC TV, but I also, like, know what I'm getting acting-wise and story-wise. I mean, I was on board with Flash, at least for, like, the first two and a half seasons. Right. And then it's kind of like... You keep making the same mistake, and then you cry and whine when you're the one that's doing it. You don't well, learn. To, well, you it, know, he learns, and then he makes the same mistake. That's what pisses me off. He no, learns each, each, each time so, like, he does comics, create his own villain. Because that's what happens every time. Yeah, but yeah. at least That, that comics, is who he is. At least in the comics, it didn't... Like, he, he does it, and you don't pathetic. have to hear it audibly. Yes, because exactly. you, Because you see it in the comics, and he is pretty pathetic when he makes the exact same action over and over again. Well, okay, so... He's funnier doing it the, in the comics. The one thing I have to get with the, the, the Flash TV show is, yes, he has always been kind of the creator of his own villain, save for Grodd, which is why I'm excited for the next season, because the next season is supposed to be him as main... We're finally getting a main season, or a main villain... Uh, main villain Grodd season. Yeah. So... That will be really cool because that is a villain he did not himself create. Yeah. Um, I, I think, though, Flash has kind of lost some of it. It's just... I don't know if I want to say everything is just more recycled than I've seen in other, you know, DC or superhero TV shows. But just how they go about certain things, the growing cast that they're trying to kind of make it similar to uh, Arrow and stuff like that... It's it's making Flash the show unappealing. Well, I mean, I can so agree far, there. So far, what they've done is they they've just kind of built this team around Flash, which he doesn't really need. Um, but it's all people. It's at least it's not like they're trying to make right. Up I'm characters. the hero of the city. I got it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like for any television show with any like if you, even if you look like every prolonged story needs to have multiple actors at play and you can't just have it with just the flash especially in tv otherwise you just lose interest i think if it starts to mirror another uh you know dc formula show so much that they the two of them kind of get muddled then it takes away from the point of uh some of the aspects that really made flash um kind of better you know what I mean? Yeah, uh, no, of course, I can I'm agree comparing there. This, I'm comparing this, obviously, to Green Arrow. I was actually going to say Arrow, yeah, where they really uh, had a crossover, and you could almost interchange the two within their own series. Right. Like, it, it, Green Arrow gets less and less appealing with how they're writing everything, how they keep on recycling a lot of stuff, how they keep on growing this team and not utilizing their characters properly. Yeah. Um, to where now Flash seems to be going that same route, and... It, it's and like, Arrow's going the opposite direction again, because now Arrow's down to being just Arrow. I didn't even know that show still existed. <laughs> Sorry. He, but he's dropped He's dropped Team Arrow, so... Yeah, I mean, like, that's... that. I, I agree there, that is definitely, like, one of the things that made Arrow drop. But I also think that... I, Arrow is, has been by far, by far the, the second... About even with Supergirl for me. But, like, ultimately, like, the storytelling took a huge knock in season three when they had to kill off and rewrite their entire show. Um, And then in four, you have all of the setup for all of these side characters. And so Arrow hasn't had a show that was actually centered around Arrow in a while because it was was the tentpole to build out the DC TV universe on CW. And so it lost a lot of those elements and you ended up with just what you're saying. Like, too many characters, not enough character utilization. And unfortunately in, is it five? What, what was the one that they just had now? Was it six? Uh, season six. Okay. Season five, they came back to it. And I think the show got a little bit better, but it's still not great because there's still too many people. So I can definitely like agree there. But I also think when you look at Arrow, 
uh, in my opinion, it it's good to take into account, like, what the show has had to do. But at the end of the day, it's still not great. So. The only thing that I saw from the trailer that interested me was the cameo from Cody Rhodes. Because it's going to be funny to see Arrow become his bitch. His prison bitch, more specifically. Well, the the one thing that I have to say, especially going on with uh, DC and their their shows, is the one thing that I'm super happy about is we're finally getting Young Justice back. Like yeah. that, that's exciting. That was that was one of the like since the old '90s cartoons are are long gone at this point. It's been the best thing we've gotten since Justice League. On wait, 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 wait! You're telling me that we're not getting held hostage by the Teen Titans Go movie? <laughs> no, we're not getting. Held hostage. <laughs> I'm excited for that movie. So what? Real quick, it, 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 Teen Titans Go actually has gotten a lot better. But we're getting we're getting back two of Cartoon Network's like best shows. We're getting back Young Justice, and we're getting back Clone Wars. Yeah, which oh, I'm done. Like I'm I'm gonna be just watching cartoons now. Thank well, God I have a daughter, and I have an excuse to watch kids shows. First off, having a daughter never changed that excuse. I know at all <laughs> because even to this day, where we can find a good cartoon, we will. And yes. Having any kind of formula that Young Justice had before, it's it's absolutely understandable to where if they do something how they did for the other seasons of Young Justice, it's going to work out. Just and as it, long as they don't turn them into chibis. And it looks like that's really what they're going to do. And I really like that they touched on uh, the you know Artemis's uh, dealing with loss. That you see that it's very prevalent throughout the trailer, and as well as just seeing just the shenanigans they're going to... Actually, it's a lot darker than shenanigans. That's probably not the proper word for it, but just the what they're going to end up getting into as far as uh, Young Justice um, outsiders. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I was always a fan on how they kind of interconnected some of the, the seasons and, and storylines. I thought that for, for DC... You know, DC does animated series, right? I think we've always said that, at least on this channel, um, except for that one Teen Titans versus... That was a movie. Justin. That was a yeah. movie. That, 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 that only slightly counts, and that was totally aimed at, at a younger, like, right. pre-teeny audience. Like, our, our podcast, like, it's... We have this rule that if all three of us agree, then it's a fact. Um, and we solidly hold that DC... Has when it comes into the space of adapting comics and stories of our heroes to animated, DC really like holds that top spot, and not even just on like if you're just talking Cartoon Network cartoons, um, like outside of the Bruce Tim era, but it also holds it when you look at how they revamp the universe with the New Fifty Two. Um, the revamping the animated universe based on New 52 in 2014 and going on, personally, those are amazing movies and amazing animations. And that's one of the reasons why, like, the fact that the caliber for DC animation has been so high is one of the main reasons why I've been so upset with the live action that DC puts out. Because their animated universes have, have, have been so great. And the animation style for Young Justice Outsiders is essentially the same animation style that they've been utilizing in their New 52 universe of um, movies. And they also announced some new movies that we're going to be getting, including a new Wonder Woman movie, animated movie, that I'm really excited for, because animated Wonder Woman is my favorite Wonder Woman. Like I said, I, I completely agree with you. Um, you know, it, it, we almost have the same thing here for our saying, like, if all three of us agree on something, then obviously it must be a fact. But we also have another saying, which is, if me and Anthony don't agree with Mike, then Mike is nine times out of ten wrong. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, the one thing I wanted to give, the, the one thing I wanted to give Marvel credit for is they're lending their, their, uh, properties to anime. Because that actually yeah. has gone over rather well. The, the Wolverine anime, yes. the anime mm-hmm. series, the Iron Man anime series, uh, Black Panther, I think, had one, and Blade had one. Right. The Wolverine um, was the Wolverine X-Men one, yeah. right? Or was... Yeah. Well, there was, no, a no, Wolver- no. there was a Wolverine solo one. Okay. And then there's and then Wolverine and the a, X-Men in a separate X-Men animated one. universe. Yeah. yeah. No, the anime ones. I, I haven't gotten to see all of them, but but yeah. they just did the the Batman anime, which was actually really good too. So uh, now I'm kind of like, oh crap! Blended properties to anime, man. The Bat Ninja, the Bat Ninja one. That yeah. thing was awful. It was a dumpster fire. Uh, <laughs> it looked good though. It looked good. I, Visually, I, I it was pretty. It yeah. was as just, it should. Ugh. Yeah. Like I only got to see about half of it, so I don't know actually if it was that good or not. But I. I was just going off the animation style. Yeah, good. the animation style is gorgeous. Um, I think overall, the only like DC animated movies I don't like was that new Harley and Bat one, that, Batman one that came out. Oh, I didn't like that one at all. Um, and then 
I actually think that's the only one I haven't liked so far as their animated movies. I, I think I've liked all of them, but I haven't uh, I haven't watched Judas Contract, so I can't speak to that one. Judas, Judas Contract, Contract was, was good. good. Um, but it, cutting over to other animated stuff, I was going to say, um, with with Clone Wars uh, coming back out, that that's, like, really huge because, you know, everyone had this, uh, at least I know on my part, um, you know, Clone Wars was it just went amazing, away it went yeah amazing series and then it just went away and then they're like hey listen we're gonna bring out rebels and even though rebels did have you know i was impartial in the beginning because i don't like rebels i'm, I'm an imperialist whatever i'm cool with that uh say what you will come and fight me but <laughs> <laughs> but but uh you know clone wars was that staple was the fact that it really opened up and had something great for the series and the fact that they're bringing Clone Wars back into it, and they're going to continue and kind of end off the war. Now, we don't know how many seasons they're going to do, because it seems like because everyone was so, you know, was left I, I think we're getting 13 episodes and then it's ending. Like, we're actually yeah. getting the, right. the but 13 it, it, episode But as long as they up. kind of tie it out to where it's something, it's an ending, you feel like, okay, I, I've, I've had my fill, then that's great. Because where they left this before, obviously, no, you're like, well, I, I need more, you know? Um, I think the the whole ending of that trailer of having Ahsoka appear, like that would have been more meaningful and impactful if not for the fact that we know she comes back in Rebels. I mean, I think it's still impactful as somebody who loves Ahsoka. Like it is still really impactful because if you like reading the the Ahsoka novel and stuff, there's so much that I want to see visualized that happens in that period um, that I think is something to get excited for. No, 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 don't get me wrong. I absolutely think that it's fantastic that she's a part of this, and there's still a lot of story that could be told between her and Anakin. I just meant, like, the reveal didn't give me the kind of pop or, like, got me, like, oh, my God, she's in it, as, gotcha. you know, because of the fact that what we what we already know of the character in the Rebel yeah. series. But, no, her being in it's fantastic, and I absolutely love her as a character. Uh, so I yeah. see more of her is great. I think if they kind of end it towards the fact of, like, you know, near that those closing times of the dark time for the Jedi. You know what I mean? And Anakin kind of going away, in a sense, to become Vader. Like, having that actual response from Ahsoka to end the series yeah. would leave it on that, like, oh my god, okay, now I have to watch Rebels type of I still, attitude. Yeah. I still want my, my miniseries offshoot clones, where it just focuses on uh, uh, Rex and the, the like... Uh, standouts that he ended up going out with after yeah. uh, Order Order sixty six. Yeah, yeah. I, I want that miniseries. I yeah. want it. They, it was supposed to happen, but it like it got canceled before they canceled uh, Clone Wars. Actually, I think it should happen. Like some of the best, most emotional episodes that for me in Clone Wars was like Rex's story and Fives and following them. Yeah, they, the the clone centric ones were phenomenal. I all I will always remember. My favorite episode being the one where it's the the clones uh, protecting the base on the like out, outer rim planet, and then the droids come in and they commando droids, right? yeah the commando droids show up and they take over the base and they it's essentially just the five guys like hold up waiting for reinforcements and then Rex finally shows up at the end right. I, part of me feels like the reason this was brought back is that I actually think the reception for the Resistance TV show that they were going to do, which takes place between, like, was it, like, The Force Awakens, like, right before The Force? I, I don't even know. It's, like, a super close time frame to stuff that we already know using characters that we already know. And I think that, that react, the reaction to Resistance was kind of lukewarm. And so I think that, like, choosing to bring back Clone Wars is really what everybody's been wanting since it got canceled. I know I have. Yeah, and Disney sometimes is good at listening to their fans. And, I mean, I, I think, like you mentioned, that that's what most of the people want. Because, one, it was a great series. Uh, two, it added so much depth, so much lore to the Star Wars universe. As to where, I mean, Rebels kind of gave us a little bit more. Rebels was, in my opinion, more enjoyable than it was really adding more to it. it With was the exception of Darth Maul. Yes, yes. I think I that mean, adds a lot to it. Yes, that, but I can definitely see what you're saying. Yeah, and then of course there there was some some fan service. So actually, it became a little bit more than fan service as we got the addition of John, your, one of your favorite characters. Oh, freaking uh, yeah, Thrawn, <laughs> Thrawn, just, yeah. Just Grand Admiral. I, I I love that character and the fact that because of their response or the actual fan response, even new fan response for Thrawn to come into Rebels, 
uh, you know, the books were starting to really come out, and they're really, the they're like embracing him in the new canon. Yeah, the comics yeah. too look like Kate mentioned. I mean, when you when you have the best, you know, admiral strategists in, you, you can't not have that big of an important character, you know, not show up at some point in time throughout your series. I mean, I had heard I had heard whispers of there being a DC showrunner opting the writer from the uh, Darth Vader comics to try to do a Darth Vader series, which I think would be also really cool. Uh, kind of spanning the, that time period where he's still new at being Darth Vader. Yeah. Right. They, they had the, the comic series for a short time where, uh, well, it's it's still at least more relatively new, uh, him going out and actually getting his first, uh, or, or creating his first red lightsaber crystal, uh, stuff like that. Like, th- that would be interesting to actually converting that small series into... And I think that'd be a lot more yeah. interesting than the Resistance. <laughs> <laughs> At least for me. I don't know yeah. how we could really shit on the Resistance without knowing anything about it. I think the time frame, honestly. And, like, I'm also just tired of getting rehashings and stuff so close together. Like, And I think it just comes from me really wanting them to go back and do older public stuff. Because there's oh, so much stuff there that needs to get done. And I'm tired of, like, I want something new. I don't want the same damn characters. I love them. I love them to death. But, like, when it comes to it, like, at this point, I feel like I'm getting the same thing over and over again. And it it doesn't excite me in the same way that it used to. Now, Clone Wars does just because it is the same thing, but it was really damn good. Um, Versus, like, we're going to fill in this, like, and this is not the actual time frame. Don't at me. I know what the actual time frame is. But, like, a a 10-month gap. We're going to give you a TV show to cover these 10 months between these two things. Like, that just seems where they're going. And I think with their um, with their streaming service, I think we're only going to get more of that. And I'm really scared to not actually be getting new things that go outside the established timeline that we're in so far as what is canon now. And I really think if they, like, I think that... Clone Wars coming back is a great launching point, but I think they need to listen to the fans more and give us older public stuff. Please. Absolutely. And there's there are rumors that Ryan Johnson is going to, with his original trilogy that he's still supposedly working on, going to be taking about uh, back to the older public. And actually, I want to get your... Yeah, see, that's what I was going for. Is I want to get your opinion on that, that, that news, uh, that there is the potential that he would be the one working on the older public. As we know, your opinion on... Though the last Jedi, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't like the last Jedi. I, I am actually, ironically, or I don't know if that's the correct use of the word, but I am wearing a last Jedi T-shirt. But I bought it because it was a misprint, and Poe is actually made brown on it, and so I bought it because Poe's brown on it. But like, yeah, I don't like the Je- last Jedi. I don't think that Ryan Johnson. Ryan Johnson's a great visuals guy. I don't think he's a great storyteller, um, and that bothers me that he has control of three movies now. Um, when I think that there are a lot of other directors, established and non-established, who can work out visual storytelling as well as actual storytelling. Um, and so for me, I don't like that he's the one handling that because I just don't think he can do it. Like there, has I want Watiti to direct a. To direct I would a love. Star I want. I want Guillermo del Toro and Taika Watiti. Those yep. two people would do visually great and storytelling great. And I specifically want. This is what I want. I know we're getting a, a Boba Fett film with uh, is it Mangold who's doing it. Wait, that is still actually happening. I thought that I was thought still it's still in I, developmental it, it's, hell. I thought it was coming out. I thought it was already confirmed. It might it's have gone Gambit. back into hell. Yeah. Oh God, that one needs to die. <laughs> it's, um, it's in limbo but, with that movie. <laughs> uh, but anyway, like if we like, I think that there is. I mean, we've talked about it on our podcast a whole bunch. Like. There aren't enough damn aliens in this universe, and especially Guillermo since would be perfect for that. exactly. I want Guillermo del Toro to do an entire movie series, something where it is just freaking aliens that we're seeing, and aliens have to deal with all these damn humans fighting with each other, and messing stuff up. And at one point, somebody's going to fuck one of the aliens because that's also how movies work. <laughs> I Very mean, more. Mass Effect. I so, want yeah. Taiko, I want I really want Taiko Watiti because mm. I need him to voice another rock monster. <laughs> there you go. Well, I was going to say when when it comes down to whether whether they put it something in the Clone Wars setting or they put it in uh you know Old Republic uh after something is kind of established I I've always been partial when it came down to uh a, a good series that spotlights 
um, kind of the unsung heroes. You know what I mean? Unsung, yeah. Like let's let's kind of move away a little bit, at least for a short series, away from like the space wizardry with uh, Jedi's and Sith and stuff like that. Uh, and that's why I was kind of. I did enjoy uh, Rogue One. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I think that, Rogue One was good. That was an aspect, that was a movie where I could get behind because it's like, okay, there were a little bit of Jedi influence and stuff like that, but it's it's characters that were behind the scene kind of doing that stuff. I would love to see a series that even with um what Battlefront was trying to go through and then there was the small yeah. uh, book series, which I can't believe I'm drawing a blank on it, but it's about Imperial officers and Imperial Brigade. Inferno Squad? Inferno Squad, thank you very much. <laughs> I would love to see a miniseries that's basically like that. To me, it's very Gundam 8th MS style yeah. miniseries. Like, to me, having those unknown characters in that aren't a part of the major battle, but they're doing some, like, covert stuff yeah. is where I would go ape shit over. And, and it yeah. has absolutely nothing to do with it being revolving around Imperials, no. No, no, you, I'm, I'm, I'm honestly, <laughs> I would love for them to do something like that, but if they did something very much in the fashion of 8th MS, MS team, which sh- utilized a squad in, you know, the Imperial side, a squad in uh, the Rebel side, and you kind of saw this dynamic of how everything was on the ground level. Yeah. I think that would be an amazing series. And I think that that's ultimately, like, what, for me, gives Rogue One its legs. Rogue One's probably one of my favorite, if not my favorite, Star Wars movie, in all honesty. And I think it's because you get you get to understand, like you said, what everybody else is going through and not what the Jedi are doing. And not, like, you get to, like, the missing gap for me is not time-wise in Star Wars. It's understanding all the planets that these people are coming to and what is happening there and, like, the everyday people. You want to be immersed. Exactly. Like, learning that Cassian has been fighting since he was six years old and understanding that there's that type of weight that is happening and understanding the different areas. Like, to me, that is way more compelling at this point than just rehashing stuff that we've already seen. Right. And even then, we, we still had some of the, like John, you pointed out, some space wizardry, but it wasn't directly. And that's uh, as somebody who does enjoy that space wizardry, but also enjoys, like, the, the disconnect from it and a more uh, character-focused yeah. story. We did still get kind of a view of the cosmic force through Chirrut, which I thought was uh, was awesome. Which I think, but, and, and that's what I loved about it, though, is because it grounded the force as something that isn't this ephemeral, like, thing that only, like, your medical, being born with your metachlorians and all that stupid crap. Yeah. It kind of brought it back to the, the old idea of the force, that anybody can be tied into it, everybody is tied into it, and it really dealt with what happens, like, to me, it was like a piece that really expanded on there are people, everyday people, maintaining what the Jedi have used. And it's not the Jedi all the times. And the Guardian of the Wills, for me, is like a really great, like, I would love to just go off and see Bazan and Chirrut's life, in all honesty. Right. Like, that's really cool. They sure yeah. rode off happily in the sunset with one another. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I mean, I love... I love the Jedi's and giant life star, uh, giant battles. Like, t- I, I would love to see a Darth Maul movie in Dathomir, but like, um, I don't know. I'm, I don't know if I'm bored with Star Wars or I'm just like over Star Wars Twitter that I just want something different. Well, yeah. I think a villain centric Star Wars story would be would be phenomenal. Either give us Vader, give us Darth Maul, give us somebody. Night sisters. Yeah, give us somebody that that's that you know dark that darker side of the force or even just a non-force user villain to just kind of get behind. I think Thrawn, Thrawn would be I was perfect say, as well. I'm, I'm would... down with a Thrawn movie. I'm down because honestly, like you show, if you can show the dynamic around what Thrawn is and kind of how he does things and the fact that he's not necessarily a villain villain, you know what I mean? But some would say, and I'm looking over at Anthony, that, you know, he he's on the wrong side. But the thing is, though, he's utilizing what he has for what he believes is the betterment for the galaxy, like that would be something amazing as well. And just to kind of keep this from becoming a another Star Wars cast, <laughs> I could talk that for hours, yeah. I, days. We, I, but, I think but, all of us can. But talking but, talking villain spinoffs, I mean, Glass, Glass looked phenomenal. No, it, it did absolutely. I'm psyched for it because uh, actually, me and Anthony were uh, talking a little bit before we had, uh, you know. We got on the cast today, and um, I, I saw the glass trailer. I, I love the glass trailer. Um, 
I was a person when I saw Unbreakable back in the day. Uh, I liked that movie. Anthony, it took a little while to kind of grow on you. Yeah, I mean, shame on land. No, no. I mean, a lot of people like to the, the shit on his his work, and I think his early work, uh, as far as M Night Shyamalan and a lot of his uh, twists, were actually kind of ingenious. And I, yeah. Unbreakable, I I didn't like it as a kid. Maybe it's because I wasn't really as into it. I wasn't really paying attention as much. Watching it more recently, even before Split, which I actually need to see Split. Um, yeah. I was like, you know, this actually, this is really good. I like that. So, and then again, because of, of a lot of his missteps, it kind of did turn me off to seeing any of those other films, especially when he made, you know, Avatar The Last Airbender. <laughs> we won't talk about that. But so seeing Split and then hearing that it tied into the Unbreakable universe, I was like, oh, wow, that that's amazing. And then even just seeing the trailer, even more so, like just hair standing on end. I'm like, this looks At like At least it didn't tie into the devil universe. Or the village. <laughs> All or I the know. happening. Devil Whatever. was Listen, good. Professor was Xavier good. looks yeah, like a monster. That's all I'm saying. Professor X <laughs> is a monster in this. Like, uh, I can't wait to see this because you have the brilliance, you know, for for Glass and uh, Samuel L. Jackson. You know, when you have all these characters, get the the psychosis that has to do with multiple personality order with, uh, you know, the beast in this one. Like, I got to know when when Sam filmed this because he's doing this whole like. Looking good for Nick Fury, and then looking really tiny for Mr. Glass. Well, we kind of had to. I mean, you also look at uh, Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis, too, also looks like he, he's been slapped around by yeah. Father Time. Yeah. The only person who looks who looks like they're in good shape and is their best Professor version of themselves X. yeah, is Professor James X. McAvoy. I mean, because there are like 30 years of age difference there. But. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, McAvoy hasn't really aged that much. I mean, he, he, he was on, like... British TV shows earlier in his life, and then he did the X Men movies. And, and he's, he's also not old. Like, do you like do you know how old Samuel Jackson and Bruce Willis are? Yeah, are like, they in their like fifties, sixties, almost. They should be almost in their sixties, if not already in their sixties. You want to know who is Grace? Uh, aged gracefully. Aged great. Yeah, thank you. I was like <laughs> Patrick Stewart. I was like, yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Patrick Stewart is the only one who looks the same, if not better now. Samuel Jackson is almost 70 years old. He's going to be 70 years old this year in December. No, I I agree. I agree with what Kate said, though. Also, Bruce Willis is 63. I don't believe in Tom Cruise. Well, just all right. So that's fine. But at the same <laughs> time, Tom is a I, think of our Tom, imagination. I think Tom Cruise is a dick, and I don't like the man. But holy shit, I saw Mission Impossible Fallout, and he is a damn great action star, and he does not look like he's fifty six. Yeah, I, I, I stopped watching Mission Impossible at like three. Neither does you Keanu. mean when it got good. Keanu's a vampire. Good. See, I stopped because I was just like, this is too much. And now, please, I I, <laughs> I need to catch. I I actually was somewhat interested in, in uh, uh, Fallout. Fallout's one of my favorite action movies of all time now. It is a phenomenal movie, and all of, almost every single bit of every single stunt was shot practically, which I have much respect for in the age of CG. Yeah, but I will I will also point out like what, what Mike said, too. I think the, the biggest vampire of them all, like just defying time, is most definitely going to be Keanu Reeves. Oh, yeah. Well, because he's actually the immortal man from the painting from uh, League of Extraordinary Do- Gentlemen. Dorian Gray? Yeah, yeah Dorian Gray. Yeah. Dorian. <laughs> Don't show him the painting. Don't, <laughs> don't, show, him don't show him the painting. Uh, don't kill his puppy either. <laughs> don't show him the painting. Don't show. Don't kill a puppy. Don't do a painting of killing his puppy. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> okay, he'll come and get you. Okay? But, but speaking of monsters, one of the things I was most excited for. No, it's not Venom. Don't give me that face. No, I know what it is. Godzilla. I don't want another people-centric Godzilla movie. I don't. Did, did it's not. Did you movies? see the trailer? Yeah, well, hold on. Know, he's drunk. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Mike, go home. <laughs> and also, also real, real quick, real quick. Hey. Did you, do you ever watched any Godzilla movies? Go back and watch the original Godzilla films. Well, people, like, that's the problem is I love Godzilla. I grew up with Godzilla. But a lot of people look at Godzilla movies with rose-tinted glasses. They only remember the monster fights. Yeah. Almost all of did, those movies were super I was people-centric. Say, yeah, we had the Godzilla episode, and we brought Matt Frank, who is, I think he's, I think he's, uh, they, he calls him, they call, everybody calls him King of Kaiju. He's essentially, like, the only American to work on Japanese Godzilla artwork um, at the time, um, at this, the time of recording and stuff like that. And he brought up a really good point in that, like you just said, 
people just think about the fights and it also has to do with the fact that we received highly edited cuts of Godzilla movies because Godzilla movies started out as a giant critique on American involvement in World War II, specifically nuclear war and the after effects of that. So Godzilla movies have technically always been people centric. They have. A little bit. And they've had stories and they've all been larger commentaries on what's happening so far as like the environment versus industrialization. And now obviously you get into like the 26 Godzilla movie and he's doing some ridiculous fights, but like they are not without a purpose. However, when Americans do it, they don't do it right. And the last Godzilla movie sucked ass. So, so thank you. That's so weird because I didn't think it sucked ass. I definitely think it could have been better, but at least it wasn't you know the the Godzilla with Matthew Broderick. That that's not a Godzilla movie. It's that a, is Zil- a that it's is a Godzilla movie. It yes, is that is a random monster attack New York City that is way too big to be Godzilla. Which I'm so or gl- way too small to be Godzilla. I'm so yeah. glad that they retcon that as to being an entirely own creature of its own. Yeah. Like yeah. that gets destroyed in one of the Godzilla movies. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say, and honestly, if you look back at a lot of the old Godzilla movies, correct me if I'm wrong here, but when when you see a lot of the fight scenes and stuff like that, too, it, it takes up very small bits of it. A lot of times it's like movement with the monsters, and then it is they a keep lot. Cutting back okay, and forth. I now, I now yeah. have to apparently defend my, my meaning of people-centric. What I mean is I don't need the love story that or, or the like weird fetish story that was the let-them-fight thing from the last Godzilla movie. I mean... There are, in the in the original Godzilla movies, there are people, yes. And the story is very much about the, the militaristic industry and, and what's going on and all that stuff. That was fine. There's the, aliens and clamshells, too. <laughs> and Mothra. Um, but we get Mothra. Yes! Fantastic. Rodan! Rodan! And then King Ghidorah! Yes! We actually get to That's see the That's what tri-beam. I was excited for. He's my favorite kaiju. Yeah. I Hold mean, on, real quick, real quick. Okay, everyone's favorite Godzilla creature. Godzilla. Ghidorah. I I was Space Godzilla. You would pick Mecha Godzilla. Of course, I pick Mecha Godzilla. He's not only a Godzilla; he's also a robot. <laughs> <laughs> Mine's Godzilla from space. <laughs> <laughs> I personally love the crystals on the back. I'm just saying. It no, awesome. it's it's a badass design. Yeah. It's, it's Space Godzilla is a badass creature. Space Godzilla is the first. Monster that actually harmed Godzilla emotionally. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Can I say son of Godzilla? Yes. Yes. <laughs> no, I, I think, like, ultimately, like, I get what you're saying so far as, like, the people-centric stuff, because I do think that the, what hurt the last movie was that you don't get any Godzilla, like, at all. And that's a problem when you bill your movie as that and all of your promotional material is like that. Also, you misuse Brian Cranston. Yes. Um, but, like, ultimately, like, watching the new trailer, it is very monster heavy. And it is monsters that we have not seen the West adapt. And I'm here for it. And it looks really good. However, Americans kind of struggle when telling a lot of these stories. So No, and I absolutely agree with that because of the fact that, just like you said, I mean, I didn't think it was awful like, you know, Mike thinks or even like well, you said it was... Okay, a, to a be fair, fire. I didn't see the trailer. I only saw the stills with some weepy emotional boy on them, so... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I saw Godzilla roar a giant sky beam into the sky. Right? So. I saw that image and then I see weepy child and I'm like, oh god, it's going to be the Brian Cranston movie all over again. No, no, I don't think it's going to go that route. But uh, I, yes, I do feel that the first movie definitely could have had more Godzilla, more kaiju fight. Uh but I don't think, like I said, it was like super character. Well, I think I think that the like the, there there has to be a line that you can ride that that's more like the Kong Skull Island line, where the the story that's being told about the people it, it, it's actually you know detrimental. They're affecting the actual story, and and that's and that's the heart of kaiju movies. The heart yeah. of kaiju movies is both of those two realms interacting and if you don't nail that interaction it's not great which yeah. is why i feel like in this trailer they even address that in it you have the the scientist she's mentioning no there there's this 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 uh horrible thing that's coming and you know the earth releases a fever that fever is the titans which is what they're referring to all the kaiju to which is kind of like okay i can understand the name it, it kind of works for me but that's yeah. the reason why we're, we're, we have the justification now for how we're going to have this kind of people-centric story. But obviously, with four creatures, and then what's even rumored is there may even be more that have not been mentioned or released, yeah. even if just like a small cameo. 
This is definitely going to be a big monster brawl. Wait, so you're yep. telling me that it's very much uh, Gaia-centric for Titans, possibly even weapons that arise from the planet. Not attack. everything is Final Fantasy VII, John. <laughs> Not everything is Final Fantasy I love VII. it how I ties Godzilla to Final Fantasy VII. Yes! No, no, the sad thing is I thought you were trying to tie it to Pacific Rim because it all sounds the same. I love Pacific Rim. I hate Pacific Rim. I love Pacific Rim. Oh, Pacific no. Rim is, is the thing that it, it's, it's bad, but that's what makes it great. Because it I all, love it, it, it and it is amazing. Right. I'm getting oh, no. stabbed here. All right, I think I'm leaving. All right, you guys have a good one. I'll see you later. Uh, I'm not talking back Pacific Rim. No, no, can't. But do it. Th- that's what they did, though. Is that's why, Mike, from what you said, oh, it all just blends together. Is because Pacific Rim was like Guillermo del Toro's uh, love letter to kaiju movies. Yes, exactly. So that's why it was kind of hokey, but it's still enjoyable. I, I thought it was it was a lot of fun. You can't take that movie seriously. You're not supposed to. See, I thought you were going to say the reason why it's great for tying humanity in with the creatures is because ultimately you need a guy with a giant sword who goes circling around with his friends. <laughs> oh, yeah. <gosh. laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> All right, I'll move on. I'll move on. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we, we've, we've seen a lot of different stories that for movies that will be coming out and everything like that. But I know a lot of people... Uh, who had watched like Sons of Anarchy are really excited about stuff that has to do with the new Mayan show. Because honestly, yes. I, I saw, I think before even seeing the trailer for uh, Mayans, all I saw, I was completely confused. Because I think <laughs> all I saw was that first field image where it just show, like shows a Mayan skull, if you will, you know, like a, a, uh, all the markings and stuff like that. And I was just like, is this going to be something, like, actually Mayan? They're bringing us back to something like that. And now I'm seeing, okay, no, it's biker gangs. And I'm all like, oh, okay, no, I get this. <laughs> it's modern. We can dig this. See, I, I was kind of, like, it needed... I didn't watch Sons of Anarchy. It wasn't really that interesting. You're a horrible human being. Uh, but Mayans actually looks... Uh, it it piques my interest, especially when, you know, Edward James almost uh, uh, appeared. Once I saw him, I'm like, oh, I kind of need to see this now. <laughs> um the the big thing with uh, Mayans and Sons of Anarchy with me at least I still have not finished the last season because I, I I'm, I'm at this point where I've just reached a wall and I'm, I'm like I can't deal with any more of my favorite characters dying in any show. <laughs> I'm I'm surprised. Yeah, you don't want to watch that then. Yeah, I I'm very surprised though at Mike because his uh, his girlfriend uh, is like a sick obsession. With uh, Sons of Anarchy, so... She's now on a kick with Shameless and the American version, which means I can't watch it, because I watched the British version, and James McAvoy is a much better character than the guy that they had from... <laughs> I forget what... He's from some stupid movie that I can't actually remember that was like the... Um, Mystery Men? Was he a Mystery Men? Yes. Okay. He was He was the shoveler. That's right. But Mystery I Men was amazing. Name. Do not call that stupid. No, Mr. No, Macy. no, I wasn't calling Mystery Men stupid. I was thinking of... His name's the, William H. Macy. That's no, 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 I, no, I like William H. Macy. Oh. He's, a, he's not playing James McAvoy's character from the British version. Oh, see, I, I James McAvoy is the younger guy that ends up dating the daughter of oh, okay, that character. Okay. No, and actually, I love William H. Macy. I hate his version of Frank because he turns that character into such an asshole. And he's not supposed to be. He's supposed to be a likable lout. Like, he's supposed to be... He's shitty. He is. He's supposed to be shitty. But he's not supposed to be so shitty to the point where he calls DCF on his own goddamn family. <laughs> Pisses me off. Mayans, I think, looks good. I'm just... I'm worried that it's going to have the same issue that I have with Sons of Anarchy, where I'm just like, stop killing everybody that I like. With Game of Thrones, I was okay with it, because some of those characters I really disliked when they killed them. I was like, okay, I can live with this. Yeah, so I love Sons of Anarchy. I think it's one of the best, one of the better shows on FX, or it was one of the better shows on FX. I'm really excited for the Mayans, because, um, when I watched through the show, the Mayans over always really, really intrigued me. Um, not only in how they interacted with the sons, but just, I wanted to know their story on how they formed an NC. I wanted to know their inner workings more. I just wanted to know more. And that may just because I may, may that may just be because I'm Mexican American, but also because the leader of the Mayans was such a damn good actor. 
Um, yeah. And so I'm really, really excited for this show. It takes place on the California-Mexico border, and it takes place after um, Jack's, after the, the you know, the, the death of Jack's. Uh, it takes place after Sons of Anarchy, um, and it's going to deal a lot with um, somebody pledging. Uh, if you watch the trailer, it, it, it's going to deal with, um, I think his name's Ezekiel, or, yeah, Ezekiel, um, becoming a prospect for the Mayans, and then having to deal with this because he was not supposed to have this life. Um, and so Edward James Olmos is an amazing actor, and then you also have Richard Cabral, um, who was in American Crime. Um, he is another really, really great actor, and you have... Um, it, it's going to be amazing. I'm pretty excited. Um, it was co-created by Elgin James and Kurt Sutter. So Kurt, Kurt Sutter is the guy who created Sons of Anarchy, and Elgin James did Lowriders, which is an awful movie. Um, but <laughs> at the end of the day, I'm really excited because the lens that we're getting is something different, um, and I'm all really here for it and expanding that world because it was a really good world to be a part of. However, my heart broke many times, and all I have to say is OB. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I had to go and watch Vikings just because I needed him on another show. <laughs> <laughs> I like how with uh, Mayans, you know, obviously it's calling back to uh, Sons of Anarchy in some way, shape, or form. Uh, in that, right now is a great time for other shows and they're really putting out like their next seasons and stuff like that. For me, what... I don't know why, maybe it was because I watched some of Sons of Anarchy, or at least some of the reruns and stuff like that when I was watching Breaking Bad and, uh, you know, Better Call Saul, but the next series, uh, or next season of Better Call Saul's coming out. Whether you love it, hate it, because it's, better, uh, you know, Breaking Bad or not Breaking Bad, the fact that they're getting closer and closer to Breaking Bad in this show, and they have Gus, and they have, you know, uh, Mike doing what he's doing and everything like that, to me... I don't know if everyone's seen it or not, but to me, I love Better Call Saul. Just how that show is done and staying true in in fashions to uh, Breaking Bad, I was just like, Pff. and I don't know why that makes me th- Mayans makes me think of it, but it is like yeah. no, I mean uh, it's a spinoff. It, it, it fits. Yeah. No, and yeah. then, like I'm a huge sucker for story, so when you can continue a story, or especially when you have crossovers or referencing yeah. something that happened in a different series or an older series. That's that's the best. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. It, uh, it's world building. World building is like what makes or break things. And I think if you can world build really well, you'll have a, you'll have a great fan base. Absolutely. Yeah, which, I mean, only comes second to the characters. But, I mean, if you don't have either of those, then you, you have nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Very true. Um, and the one thing I want to touch on uh, before we kind of roll out for this episode is we can't talk about Comic-Con without discussing comics. And I, I know we really didn't get a whole lot from Marvel in any regard. Uh, I know, well, I kind of found out from you, Kate, that it was because they're getting ready for D23, which I yep. almost completely forgot about. And nobody seems to know when or where that's going to be happening. Nope. In my backyard. I'm going to let them, but we just can't have a lot of guests. It's it's happening <laughs> on Twitter. That's yeah. where it's happening. <laughs> more, more than likely, knowing the way. They're yeah. going to do it on the cloud. Yeah. Oh, God. I did hear, though, that Marvel, even though it didn't make a big appearance at um, you know, uh, Comic-Con, it did, however, create a uh, kind of a booth for you to grieve and go into your sympathy <laughs> because for those who didn't see the end of Infinity War coming, um, you know, they were broadsided and apparently needed a little bit of therapy after. Uh, instead of, you know, knew what was going on. Hey, 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 hey. I knew it was happening. In fact, we were doing, um, on our stream, we were doing, like, uh, we were replaying um, um, uh, the Marvel Avengers games, and we actually had somebody come in and spoil it all for us. Um, so we knew it was happening, and I was still a wreck. Yeah, no, so, nobody's prepared. Like, no. we all knew people were going to die. Well, I, it, that's that's the thing. I was fully prepared, and I was waiting for it with the glory that is Thanos. And Everybody was prepared, but nobody was ready. I, no, I, I was prepared, ready, and I said, why didn't more go? Oh. <laughs> why was Thor still there? Because they have to close out his story arc. Yeah, <laughs> I look at it. He just like, got a new hammer. Come on, man. That's that's it a is great, an axe. Such a, Thank you very much. It's such a it's such a trope to kind of the main character, you know, uh, uh, gets it, and then it's just like, nope, someone else beats him. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's it, it, so anime. Yeah, <laughs> I, I get that Stormbreaker is an easier name to go with, but they could have just called it Jornborn and made me happy. 
Yeah, they could He doesn't wield Stormbreaker. He never wields Stormbreaker. I know. He doesn't even... Well, but Beta Ray was supposed to come into Ragnarok, but then Taika made the good decision of being like, no, that's too much. But yeah. you at least get his face on the on the giant monolith building that the Grandmaster. Yeah. Because, I mean, he is a champion. Yes. He is the better Thor. Absolutely. Beta Ray Bill is the better Thor. And for those who don't know who I'm talking about, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. It's also marketing, though. Like, kids can more easily say Stormbreaker. Yeah, absolutely. You're right on that. Um, but then we got the, the picture, because that's about all we got, of Uncanny X-Men, from what we understand is going to be the relaunch of the comic, but I'm really hoping that we're, we're all wrong, and they're actually going to be doing another X-Men, like, 90s animated series instead. So, I mean, it'll be fine as long as we don't get the last three episodes just continued where it's Jubilee-centric, and it's just her storyline revolving around how she's babysitting kids in the X-Mansion. <laughs> Come on, that was the last three episodes of that series. You may not remember it because you choose not to, but that's yeah, how that 90s like, cartoon you're not ended. Lying. The animation you're not went lying. to shit. There were three episodes, all Jubilee centric, and they were all bad. Yeah, Terra never, bad. I was never a fan of Jubilee, but yeah. Well, I love Jubilee. To each their own. No. <laughs> I, I didn't mind her as a character, but the, the, those last three episodes. I've already were disagreed just with Kate on like 15 other different things today, so I'm like, to each their own. <laughs> oh, then, of course, there's the relaunch of Vertigo. Which is uh, kind of big news for you, you DC people. Vertigo didn't really go away. They just kind of, like, became one with the Force and joined DC. Like, it wasn't... They never stopped publishing any of the Vertigo titles, No, I'm not really. saying they No, are. no, that's but, saying, that's but it's a the relaunch, relaunch of the imprint, though. It's a relaunch of the imprint. So, like, it's the separation away from just being consumed by DC, essentially. Yeah, I guess. But, I mean, I think it's just another gimmick for them to just kind of, you know, DC Rebirth, DC... Whatever. Well, blah, I mean, blah, blah, ultimately, blah. It, it, it would be a gimmick if they were redoing entire universes, but we have a slate of really great comics coming out from it. And I, I see what you're saying, though, because ultimately they could have just gone with, it's the 25th anniversary of Vertigo and left off the relaunch. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, I think the reason it is a relaunch of the imprint is because you have entirely new titles being brought out. Um, and really, really hitting story. Like I'm, ex- I'm extremely excited for Border Town, Hex Wives, and uh, American Carnage. Personally, so I've seen a lot about uh, about uh, Border Town. I'm actually really interested in it, especially because it, it's is it, if I'm correct, is it a kind of an anthology story? Uh, no. So uh, Border Town is an ongoing series. It's written by Eric M. Esquivel and uh, with art from um, Ramon uh, Villalobos. And what happens is it takes place in Arizona where, um, at the border, essentially a rip in dimensions has opened. Um, and what's happening is you have these Mexican, um, you have monsters from Mexican folklore, um, and like our, an indigenous, uh, culture coming through and messing with the town. Um, it is, uh, both of the creators are Mexican American. It is focused specifically on the Mexican, Mexican American experience and they use that to draw. Um, and if you don't know, Mexican folklore is really messed up. Like, cause the Chupacabra really is real. Messed up. Yeah. But it's not just the Chupacabra. It is, uh, there's a Kukui, which is a, sh- like, people have the boogeyman. The Kukui is a shape-shifting monster that steals children and <laughs> every Mexican house has a Kukui room where you're not allowed to go into. It's very terrifying. Like my grandma when I was a kid used to scare me with La Llorona, like the weeping woman. Um like there's just a whole but like there is a lot to pull from and it's going to be great. There's been a, like a supernatural supernatural episode for every single one of those. There has. I always, I've, watched... I've always loved. Yeah, and the boys are from Texas. So, uh, originally, so they're very in touch with that Southwest lore. Um, because the, like the majority of the folklore of the Southwest, um, whether it has the Spanish names or not, is really built on the back of the Mexican folklore from, um, the areas that are now states. I guess that's what I meant by anthology. I meant like that you, you have the, the basis of it is a lot of, uh, folklore that's kind of brought together into yeah but you but it will be one continuous storyline it will be one continuous storyline of yeah yeah but yeah no essentially you'll have it'll be kind of like a monster of the week type thing which i'm all for i mean yeah i would love another series that does that especially being a huge horror buff oh yeah yeah no and that's where i am i love horror i love everything i actually got um an early copy of it um and which they were giving out at at san diego comic-con as well 
Um, they were giving out full free copies. Um, the, it would believe it was a double issue of Sandman Universe, um, that, what they're launching, and then, uh, Border Town. Um, and it, it, I read it. It is phenomenal and it does not let anything down. And especially from like my perspective where like a lot of the times, like it is, it, it's, it, it just, it's just amazing. It, it's phenomenal. It, if you love horror, you're going to love the art in the book too. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, but I think that's going to go ahead and roll us out for this episode. I want to go ahead and thank you again, Kate, for joining us. And yeah. we definitely want our listeners to know where they can find your podcast and just anything else that you're currently working on. Yeah, uh, so I'm the host of But Why Though the Podcast. It's a podcast where we talk about pop culture and that people say matter and ask the question, but why though? Um, we cover different areas of, of fandom, pretty much anything pop culture. On top of that, I also hosted uh, Did You Have To?, which is a podcast about live action bad adaptations of anime. And then, Such as uh, your Dragon Ball Evolution, which I'm sorry you had to suffer through. That. Yes, it was awful. We do live tweets. You can you can you can drink and have the pain with us. We we judge everything on a scale of how many drinks did it take for us to watch this movie. Um, that's how we rank them at the end of each episode. And then uh, you can find our community, but why though? Um, at but why though uh, we have a community of writers and podcasts there. Um, come join the family. Um, yeah, that's pretty much everywhere you can find me. Oh, and I am on Twitter a whole bunch at OhMyMythRandier. So if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate, comment, and subscribe. Also, if you're listening to this podcast on one of our many different providers, such as iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, and also Spotify, be sure to check out our YouTube channels. We have a lot of great content on there as well. And don't forget, you can come on over and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and any of the other social medias listed down below. And if you want to join in on the discussion, you can always head on over to our Discord channel, where you can talk with the Ready Comics Roll and other rollers, and tell us what trailers did you find interesting at the San Diego Comic-Con. Maybe something, you know, that you can't wait to see. And don't forget to follow us on Twitch for random live streams throughout the week, so I'm not just talking to myself anymore. And if you have a heart, and you want to see us grow, don't forget, we have a Patreon. Come on over and become a supporter today.